with Dara Monique. This is the show where we explore how people experience and engage with different aspects of life from their varied perspectives, all while sharing some laughs, some gags, and some advice. I'm Jara, and on today's very first episode of the pod, we are talking about friendship, or more specifically, the friendship between Molly and Isa on the hit HBO show, Insecure. And joining me today will be my real-life best friends, Nicole and Nancy. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Brownstone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're so excited and nervous. Yeah. Yes. Uh, me too. Uh, you guys are welcome any and every time. Um, how are y'all doing? Good. Tired. Tired. Same. <laughs> it's like a perpetual tiredness. Yeah. With like life in general, with everything <laughs> that's going on, um, these children. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I like um, was telling Nancy earlier that I've been like in my feelings all week. Yeah. Like, not over anything like specific really but just like emotional (laughs) not understanding why because I'm not like an overly emotional person at least not on the outside but it got to the point where I was just like yo I'm sad like why the fuck am I sad (laughs) and um I think I'm trying to I think it's because like summer is ending the weather is like slowly starting to change school is starting back up and it just feels like you know like like the end of things like the vmas is like tomorrow i'm just like that's it summer's over (laughs) yeah like that's like that back to school like summer summer sadness i think (laughs) yeah we're already back to school over here so i think like digital learning's taking a toll um the news work yeah just life and I'm getting my period next week. So a bitch is like extra emotional. Like, yeah. yeah. Mine just ended. <laughs> like, I always like, like it always has something to do with, not always something to do, but like, I'm always kind of like, where am I in my cycle? Whenever I start really feeling things. <laughs> yeah. Hormone levels at today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sad, very crazy. Yelling at everybody. Don't want to be left alone. Yeah, exactly. Just where am I in this cycle? <laughs> but um yeah i'm so happy you guys are here and to start the show we're going to begin with a segment that i call what's the meaning where we take a word that's related to today's topic or just one floating around in the zeitgeist and we discuss what it means in relation to ourselves and today's word that i chose was representation so i'm just going to pose this question to all of us like when did you first see yourself reflected on screen? And that could be TV, film, or whatever medium. Okay, so I had a hard time, like, thinking about this. Me too. Me too. I had a whole <laughs> about it. No, I really did. But then, okay, so, you know, you sent us, like, a, a brief kind of, like, dialogue on what we were going to discuss. So, of course, you know, um, Travis... Travis is um, the honorary best friend in here too. So he was like, okay, like, let's talk about it. So- <laughs> let's unpack this. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about this and I was trying to think back of like shows that we kind of like had growing up at one point or anything like, and like the first show initially that came to mind that like kind of hurt my feelings though when I was thinking about it. Cause I was thinking of like a Latina represented in like television or something. No, well, no, that was a second. I, and Travis reminded me of that and I completely forgot. But initially I was thinking of ugly Betty. Oh, wow. wow. 
Yeah, remember was America for and it was based on like the the novella like um Betty La Fea. But I was just like, oh my gosh, that's like terrible to think about. Um, but then he was just like, wait, Taina. And I was like, oh my God. I remember when we would have bootleg cable and <laughs> I was like able to watch <laughs> Taina. And yeah, I loved, I loved that show. I loved like the whole song. I would like sing it. So yes, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was, it was definitely like Taina and like, I thought I could sing back then. So I was just like, oh my God, Taina, it's on. <laughs> so it was that one. And I think that one's a lot better than Ugly Betty. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were a bit older when Ugly Betty came out, and um, yeah, I don't. I think I guess the the premise of that show was like look, like it goes beyond looks. But yeah, that is kind of like a little. I think the title just like it gave it such like a a bad representation initially. Like if you're just going based off of title, um, but I get it. Like I I understand they kind of spun it off like the novella, but yeah, it, it was definitely Taina. Like when I was like thinking back and then that made me excited. I was just like, oh my God, I wonder where she is now. <laughs> I mean, there really wasn't like, we did have like growing up, you know, in the nineties and the early aughts, like not to age us, but there wasn't like, um, I guess that much Latina representation really. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, TV. I'm thinking like, um, what's I forgot her name, but the detective from New York, um, Undercover. Were you New a- York Undercover? Oh my God! Well, I loved New York Undercover, but I liked it just for the Spanish dude because I like was crushing on him so hard. <laughs> I was like obsessed with him. So yeah, yeah. Or uh, do you want to go, Nancy? You want to go? Yeah, you can go. Oh, okay. I also had a really hard time with this question, and like mm-hmm. I asked the question so I thought like I would have (laughs) an answer but um there really wasn't one particular character that I think I identified with or like saw myself and was like oh yeah like that's me at least not physically like I always say like kind of like as like this you know tomboyish like fat (laughs) black awkward girl (laughs) growing up like I don't mean that in like a demeaning way. Like that's literally like who I was like, you know, and I still am awkward and like a little tomboyish and stuff like that. So I didn't really see um, a lot of that represented, but I realized that I identified more so with like characteristics of certain characters as opposed to like their actual like physical appearance. So like I realized like I always identified with like the best friend character the like comedic relief character who's really funny like or um who did I, I wrote down like the the quirky and I'm using uh air quotes right now the quirky girl like who was just a little bit awkward and so I put like Joey from Dawson's Creek was like who I identified with and um Maria, oh, man, you- <laughs> yeah Maria from Roswell I don't know if anyone remembers that show I was obsessed with that show um like Letty from Fast and Furious, and like I look like absolutely- oh, girl, you loved Letty. Oh my I god, loved Letty so much. But like those parts of them that weren't exactly like overtly feminine is what I identified with. So I think like it is kind of sad, like because if you don't see yourself, it's like I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, I had a whole identity crisis. <laughs> 
question. I was like, um, well, let me look back all the way to my childhood. This is Nicole. And I was like, wow, the only character I felt like maybe I really saw myself was in was Princess Jasmine. Okay. But I was like, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense why she was my favorite character growing yeah. up. And even until this day, like I love Princess Jasmine. But as far as like TV and movies and stuff, like there are no like, lower middle class like mixed girls like I'm just much of everything to find myself within one person like I was like oh yeah I guess I can see myself a little bit in this character a little bit in that character but especially like with my Arabic side like there's no really like Egyptian women on television at yeah that's true and I'm not Italian enough to identify Mm -hmm. with like these super Italian things. Like I'm like, Oh, Jersey Shore is funny because I can see some of my culture in that. I, so it makes me laugh, but I'm not Italian enough to be like, Oh yeah, that's like totally me. You also did act. No, I didn't act at all. Girl, you were not. No, There's this like one English show that Jared and I used to watch called my mad fat diary. And it was like about this, very uncomfortable, awkward, mildly depressed teenager. And I was like, that was me. I was like, that I'm not, well, I am actually English. We found out. But when I watched that show, I did not know I was English. But I was like, I can relate to her. Yeah. (laughs) But she didn't physically look like me at all. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's like, it's amazing when we could find those bits to relate to. Like you mentioned Taina and like, I felt like I related to Taina, even though I wasn't a, you know, Latina girl, but it's because I think it was like inner city, like any show that had like, that's what it is. Yeah. I think we were just like excited to see kind of anything like inner city. Um, because you always see kind of like these ideal, like households growing up where they're in a house and it's beautifully decorated. And it's just like, no, I'm going to need you to see, like, I'm going to need to see an apartment, you know, like a bodega on the corner. Like I need something. So I think that's kind of what, and there was also like a show, um, it was when we were older too, but like, I know that we used to watch it, um, Oh gosh, and it was in the Heights. Um, I was thinking of that just now. Yes, we loved loved in the Heights. They have one season on MTV. We had one season. If anyone ever hears this, please bring that show back because (laughs) we we loved it. We were probably the only viewers, but (laughs) no. Shout out to Frankie, who I still follow on Instagram. She was like a poet and she was so beautiful. Oh, girl. I loved that show. Like, I really did. I loved In the Heights. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, oh my God, Nicole. That is a, such a great point. Like, mm-hmm. I think we really saw ourselves like that, like just kids who just wanted more for themselves, but didn't know how to get it and just live mm-hmm. in, you know, this urban environment. They lived, you know, in the Heights. We all lived in Brooklyn and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were just doing regular ass shit, like literally just in the park. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were, but they were all, they all like kind of had their own unique thing where they were trying to like develop. I know one of the girls was like, you know, really focusing on like her music and things like that. I think there was one that I was like low key crushing on that like played baseball, one of the guys. And I was like, oh my oh, God. Your type, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's totally my type. Yeah. I can't remember his name. And I recently, over um, the beginning of the quarantine, rewatched it. 
funny. Where did you find it? Oh, dang, girl. I found it on um somewhere on my fire stick. I can't even remember. Oh, yeah. See, I, I can't ever find it because I, I, I would love to like watch the whole thing over again. Yeah. Shout out to In the Heights. Damn, that was good. <laughs> but also, I'm going to say, I remember getting that casting email for that show oh, yeah. and talking to Jar about it. Like, oh, we should do it. We're a group of friends. And we're like, nah, because what do we do? We won't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you about to follow me to my house. <laughs> no, that was always my thing, too. I was like, my mama would kill me if I was like, I'm going to bring some cameras up in this house. <laughs> She would have been like, you're out of your motherfucking mind. Oh, my mom. <laughs> I would have been like, you right. <laughs> my whole family would have the blurred faces. Yes. <laughs> I know, but you can only show that me outside my house. You can't come in. <laughs> we about to film on the stoop. <laughs> Word. I would be at other people's house. They'd be like, where do you live? Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, which um, I guess brings me to the second question is like, did that change or shape what you thought was like possible for yourself in any way? Like either the representation or the lack thereof? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I really thought about it so much kind of like growing up because I, I don't know, like I know I had bigger aspirations that I wanted in life. Um, but I think like thinking about it now as an adult and like having kids, it did make me sad to think about it. Like I was just like, wow, this is so difficult to think about as far as like representation of myself on TV. So that kind of like made me sad now as an adult thinking about it kind of growing up. Um, but yeah, I feel like growing up, I had like, I, I just had like smaller aspirations though. Like I, I was just, <laughs> I remember like watching, um, like Full House or Family Matters and seeing like those homes growing up. And my dream, it was like so sad to think about, but like, I was just like, I just want a house with stairs in it. Because to me, that was like, you're fancy. <laughs> Not at all, girl. Yeah, thinking about it, like that was literally, like that was like my biggest goal in life. I was just like, I'm going to have a house and it's going to have stairs in it. Because for some reason, like when I was growing up, I thought like having a house and a house with stairs, like in your house, um, like almost equated to like making it or success or just the idea of like owning a home, I feel like. So I think it was like such a big deal once we did like buy and I like cried for, I still like cry sometimes. It's sad, but you have a house and it has what? It has stairs. I guess so. No, no, I'm lying. Cause like I low key my knees now, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like so happy that it was like a small dream for me. I feel like growing up, but like my kids, I'm just like, you don't know. Like you don't understand how lucky you are. (laughs) Like, you got a house with stairs. <laughs> it was those four four uh four flight walk-ups. Yep. <laughs> bring the laundry up, bring your groceries up. Yes. Yeah, all of that. Like oh just having a washer and like, you know, washer and dryer and stuff like in the house and just like little things like that. I feel like was it wasn't like the the norm kind of like growing up. You went to a laundry mat, like, you know, like all of those things and I don't know. Now it's, it's just like different for me now. So yeah. 
I feel like you, that's normal to kind of want the opposite. Cause I feel like, you know, for me growing up, I thought like, you know, it's so funny that you were like, I want the house is like the, the picture you had of success. And like, for me, it was like a, a house too, but also like, for me, it was like, if I could make it to like California, like if I could make it to LA, then like, I would be successful. Like mm-hmm. that would mean, you know, if I could be on TV, like I wanted to be, you know, like an actress when I was younger. Um, I love like being silly and entertaining people, but I think like in terms of representation, I think not seeing myself physically in a lot of people um, affected my self-esteem a lot. And I don't think that was solely it. Like there were obviously other things going on, like in my home and my own internal struggles and stuff. But um, I think like I had a lot of um, self-esteem issues growing up because, you know, all the beautiful girls didn't look like me. And like, I didn't see that a lot. And not that like beauty is like the ultimate you know, attainment or whatever, but, you know, the way you look in the society we live in does play a part in like your success and your, your access to things. So I think like for me thinking like, oh, maybe one day I could be an actress and a singer when I thought I could sing. Um, and then being like, but wait, nobody is my size and no one, you know, kind of is as awkward as me or as, you know, Mm -hmm. like, do I have to change everything about myself to be this ideal, you know, to fit into that? And then I think I just ended up like not pursuing it ever. And then just letting like those insecurities kind of, um, take hold and like pursuing more like behind the scenes things. So I don't know if like that was me subconsciously thinking like you belong behind the cameras, which sounds like kind of sad to say, but like I wish there had been more, you know, representation for us. Cause I feel like when you don't see yourself, like it can limit what you think is possible for yourself, like what you're capable of in a way, I think, which is why like, I'm grateful there's so much more now. Like R.I.P. to Chadwick Boseman, who we just like found out he passed away. But like when I think about like Wakanda and like Black Panther and like the hope and the possibility that gave me to like envision myself as being like, you know, incredible and amazing and powerful and all these things, like like you realize how important representation is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I thought that was like interesting to think about like right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you're beautiful. Thank you. I love you guys. (laughs) I know I'm beautiful. I just did not realize that back then. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like those struggles take, take time sometimes take a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for me, I've never been too into television or anything like that. So as far as like affecting what I couldn't, couldn't do that never really bothered me. I think more as a child and even as a teenager, even as a young adult and probably today as well, I always wanted to feel understood Mm -hmm. and I never felt that way. My family, I'm very different than anyone in my entire family. So I found that through music. And even though, again, physically, they were definitely nothing like me, their words and stuff. I was like, oh, wow. Like you understand how I feel. Somebody understands what I'm going through. And it always made me stronger. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, even though my family is not supporting me and my goals academically or in my career or whatever, I'm like, I, I can find that strength within myself. And I always found that through music rather than television. Maybe that's because of a lack of representation. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, Nancy was always the queen of music growing up. <laughs> and that's why, like, I still, to this day, like, I do not care how old we are, I will always watch the VMAs because it always reminds me of Nancy. Oh. And, like, going to her house where we yes. would, like, go watch the VMAs. We were like, oh, my God, we got to go watch the VMAs before school starts back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's like, nostalgic for me. So I don't care if I don't know nobody because I'm just, like, I don't know music now. <laughs> yeah, for real. We're that age now. We're at that age. Yeah. Listen to our old shit. Yeah, no, but I will always watch it because it's like nostalgic. And I mean, Nicole will text her like the red carpet to the VMAs. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. Like, because I guess representation doesn't always have to be like via like the TV screen or like film and that sort of medium. That's just the most like visual. I guess, but like, yeah, music definitely. Um, I've always, yeah, I've always felt like the same. Like, music kind of said what I couldn't say, or like mm-hmm. the feelings I couldn't describe. Like, I could just always listen to something and just be like, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta come up with a show. We gotta make a show. We gotta do it for the babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, my dream would honestly be like to write a script, like, um, a treatment for a show about you know four girls from Brooklyn from the inner city like teenagers like growing up like we did and like tell our story and not be you know like the HBO girls version but like no like this is <laughs> yeah, not gonna have a big old apartment like they always show like unrealistic like no I'm gonna need you to show up in a studio like no <laughs> <laughs> Let's make this realistic. Apartment, yes. <laughs> the walk-ups, no elevators, like, yeah. Yes, the real, real. <laughs> but yeah, so on that note, we're going to head to our first break, and we'll be right back with the next segment. And we're back from our cute little break. (laughs) So now we're on to our main topic discussion, which I call the stoop. This is where we get real. We put our bonnets on, take our bras off, and get comfortable. As I mentioned today, we are talking about friendship, and we're doing it through the lens of the hit HBO show, Insecure, created by the amazing Issa Rae and Prentice Penny. So hopefully everyone listening is familiar with the show, Um, If not, spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, But in the event that you are not, the show follows the trials and tribulations of adulthood for young Black folks, particularly Black women. And one of the main pairings on the show is the friendship between Issa and Molly, who are two of the main characters. So um, the show is in its fourth season. It just finished its fourth season not too long ago. I think we've all been watching since like the beginning. And like we text each other about it. We're like obsessed with it. And I thought it'd be like a good way to like talk about friendship and like our own friendship and stuff because like the two main characters went on like a roller coaster of a of a season this this time and their their relationship really changed a lot and we all felt it in like so many different ways. So I want to start on like the positive aspects and ask you guys like what are the things that you kind of admired about Issa's Issa and Molly's friendship throughout like the four seasons? I absolutely love how real they are with each other yeah like they 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 remind they remind me of us yes like the way they talk to each other their sarcasm how they kind of have just like this full history where they go back and pull out memories and all kinds of stuff like Mm -hmm. that 
that I admire so much. I love the love that they share. Like even past the drama, you know that they still love one another. Yeah. I think that's what I love too. Like they are ride or die for each other. Yes. They really are. And I like, I love, I love that they're able to be real with one another and be like, all right, you're being like a, a big old dummy right now, but like, I still love you, but like being stupid. Um, like I love that because that's the way that we are. Like I'm, I will tell each other, honestly, like, I think that's dumb, but I mean, I'll support you. Like, <laughs> you want to do, right? do like we're grown at this point. Like I still love you regardless. Yeah, that's true. I, I would say exactly that. Like for me, it's like the love that they have for one another, which they so clearly express for one another. Mm-hmm. Their actions, the way they talk to each other, just the way that they know each other and are so familiar. Like I love like, you know, we all do this all the time where you could just communicate something with your friend with just a look, mm-hmm. side eye, or yeah. whatever it is, or just like a, you know, the mm-hmm. And like, we all understand immediately, like, what happened? You know, like somebody walks yeah. up and you look at each other real quick, like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to text you from the corner in like a minute. <laughs> next to each other, oh, let me just... Let me just type this to you because this person's acting dumb and you need to know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I love the, the bonds of like that friendship and like their silliness with one another, but also like their ability, like you both said to like be honest with one another and check each other sometimes, but do it in a mm-hmm. way that like, I'm not judging you. Mm-hmm. This is what I see. And like, are you sure? Like that's the move you want to make right mm-hmm. now. Like, you can make it, but, you know, are you sure? And, it, you know, yeah. whatever happens, they're both at the end of the day are just like, I got you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I got you. And I and I love that. I'm like, yes, it's beautiful to see that kind of friendship and, like, young women. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because we've been riding <laughs> for, oh, God, almost 20 years now. Yeah. We've all been friends. <laughs> at least. And we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Stuck with me, bitches. Yeah. We stuck. We just stuck. Plus, who will have us? I know. I girl. At this point. With all the baggage we got behind us. Who will have us? Word. So, <laughs> so um, so I don't know. The the friendship in this uh last season kind of like I don't know how we would describe it, to like a downward turn or something. There was some deterioration. Yeah. Yeah. There was some, for sure deterioration and it didn't just happen overnight so i want to say like what were the warning signs that you guys kind of picked up on um that you think led to like i'm gonna call it like a breakup that they kind of had i okay so i was like thinking back to this because it's been like a minute since i feel like the season had ended but i remember one particular moment when when they were hiking and so and, and Molly decided like not to share something like Isa had asked her like, Hey, you know, like everything good. Like you good. Like what happened? And she was like, Oh no, no, no. Like I'm fine. I feel that the minute you get into that space where you no longer want to share things with someone that's supposed to be your best friend, I think that's, that's an issue. Good, bad, or indifferent. If that's someone that you're calling like your best friend, your sister, I don't, I didn't see that being an issue as far as like, why wouldn't you want to express that? So I feel like from that point, 
when things started being like withheld, I feel that's kind of when the the friendship really started changing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, that because you definitely notice like the switch kind of in that moment by Molly choosing to withhold like mm-hmm. information, especially information pertaining to her relationship at the mm-hmm. time, you know, with Andrew, which like usually like you kind of want to share your relationship stuff with your friends because you just want advice or you want to vent or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like it was definitely um, the breakdown in communication, but also um, I'm trying to think, I think it was also a buildup of like resentment. I think like from the end of the third season when um, Nathan showed up and um, Molly sent him away yeah, and she got upset about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Told Isa, but like Isa was pissed. Yeah, and she would like make that decision for her, mm-hmm. and I think like that maybe started kind of like for on Isa's side, like a little bit of a buildup of resentment of being like, you don't think I can make smart choices? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah, because. Molly has this fully put together life mm-hmm. and Issa's sort of like the complete opposite of that where she's like struggling to try and get her stuff together and of course she like goes to Molly for advice but she doesn't expect Molly to make the decisions for her so like the judgment that sometimes Molly gives her she doesn't appreciate and then you can see that that was kind of like her snapping point yeah like she's like you're not supporting my choices you're not supporting like my decision whether or not like I want to see him and that was like a huge you know breaking point for them you could definitely see that yeah and I think Mm -hmm. too like this is not going to be a a hate on Molly you know train you know no because you know I love Molly yeah I love Molly too shout out to the actress Yvonne Orji who's like great um Molly does get on my damn nerves but I think it's because like I see a lot of myself in Molly and I think that's the part that annoys me is because like she makes some like terrible decisions sometimes when it comes to like romantic things and I'm like girl please 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 get it together and then I realize like yeah I would have done the same dumb shit like, yeah I'm like girl <laughs> exactly I'm like god that's me I'm like <laughs> so I think like that's why I, I really be uh going hard on Molly sometimes but um I think like Molly I think was just trying to protect her friend and save her like the heartache of whatever she thought was like coming. Cause Isa had been through so much with like Lawrence and then yeah. like Daniel and like losing her place. And like, so I got it, but I was just like, Oh no, 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 no. Like you can't do that. Like you just cannot make those sort of decisions for people, even no matter what your intentions are. Yeah. yeah because at, at a certain point people have to make like their own mistakes And that's the only way that people are going to learn from things. Um, And it's important, I think, for people to, like, go through those things. But as a friend, I mean, you can absolutely still, like, be there and talk them through it and, like, all those things. But it's important for people to make their own mistakes. Yeah. I can also see, because, you know, we want to be on Molly's side as well. Yeah. I can see, because I'm also, like, the very, very protective friend. And in the episode, it was her birthday. It was Issa's birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was like, no, she just went through all this with you. And I don't want you around her. You're going to ruin her day. 
So I can see why she sent him away. But the fact that she didn't tell Issa immediately, like, oh, hey, you know, your boy came to see you, but I told him to get out of here. You know, maybe you want to call him later. He brought you these flowers because she didn't even take the gift. Then, you know, then maybe then it would have been a little bit better. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then I'm trying to think what else. Like, um, also, I think, like, the mistrust of, like, uh, maybe Issa felt like Molly didn't trust her to make the right decisions. And then that kind of carried over to when she started working on, like, her her project. I can't remember the name of the block party. The block party. party. (laughs) A little festival. Yeah. Yeah. The block party. And it seemed like Molly didn't know a lot of what was happening. I don't think she really believed that Issa would carry through with it. And I think that's why Issa latched on to Condola. And that caused another set of like tension. Yeah. Yeah. I related to that part. (laughs) I am the jealous. I'm like, wait, who's this new friend? Like, you're not about to bring no new friend up in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, that was also like her being protective, especially when she found out that Condola was dating Lawrence. Yeah, that was like a whole situation that I just did not understand. Like, I, I feel like that takes a special type of person. Yeah. To be friends with your ex's new boo. Yeah, I I think it's different if it's like maybe you were with someone for like a few months, but I mean, they had a history. They were together for years. They lived together. I just feel like that's a different level of like maturity that I could never come to. (laughs) Me neither, but I could understand Issa's hustle. She's like, this woman is helping me. She gives me the resources I need (laughs) to make my dream come true. And that's the type of hustle I have. Like I could just put some stuff aside just because I'm like, I need to make this happen. Yes. Uh, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, yes, help me please. And then later I'd be talking to my friends like this fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I know she's going to date with him and he's doing all this nice shit for her, but I couldn't get this nigga off the couch. (laughs) You know, you be in your feelings after, but like, in the like, thank you so much for your help. And then, um, yeah, and I think just watching that stuff because it was so subtle. It was like nothing was expressly said. Like all of this was just conveyed in like glances and like the things that were left unsaid. But you could feel the growing tension, which like after every episode, especially the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh my god, I can't stand this tension. Like I was yeah. like so awkward <laughs> but that's what made it so relatable because that is real life yes. openly it's not like love and hip-hop where they just like openly want confrontation all the time that's like what real life is it's that passive aggressive mm-hmm. breakdown of communication that you're just like when you leave that space where it was so awkward when you're with that friend or that group of friends you're like oh that was so uncomfortable that's yes. what it was like that's real yeah that was that. And I was like amazing acting and writing on like their part. And I think like, um, it kind of just made me think of like my own friendships and like the friendship breakdowns that I had like had. So like what, um, I think in what ways have you guys experienced any of these things that like you want to like talk about? We obviously don't name names. We're not, you know. Yeah. I was like, we ain't about to name drop up. We're not those type of we're not those type of ladies. <laughs> <laughs> One second. I just have to close my blinds because I always get scared there's a killer. 
Oh my god, that's suburban life. <laughs> that is suburban life. I used we, to do that at my grandma's house when she had the big house in Jersey. Yeah, we in Brooklyn, so we know that killers. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably hear the ambulance in the background. <laughs> and hear the vibrations because we're in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, like, um, man, that, that breakdown of communication, I have felt that. And I felt the whoop whoop see um sorry y'all we gonna wait for the ambulance <laughs> no i've definitely had like friendship breakdowns um with people that like i truly loved and like still love but like yeah like, the communication broke down where it felt like you know getting past the passive aggressiveness and actually addressing the issues felt like that, like the gap between that was just too, too big to Mm -hmm. cross. Then I think like both of us, like I'm going to say, just decided to kind of just let it go and just like let the friendship go. And I like, not let the issues go, but like let the friendship go, which um, was like sad, you know, in its own part, but like, you know, friendships don't always last, you know, forever. Like, Unfortunately, sometimes there's like a season for these things, but mm-hmm. I think conflict within friendships isn't um, uncommon. I think like any relationship, they take work. Yeah, true. And I always say communication is key. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. And I feel like once that starts breaking down or something happens, it's... Uh, like you said, I mean, sometimes some friendships aren't meant to last forever, but girls, I wish you would try to leave me. <laughs> you, we ain't leave you. <laughs> it's hard, like, when things are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you still have to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's how you know if a friendship is truly worth it. If yeah. You're upset with the other person, or you're offended by like something that they said, and you're like, "Oh, I don't want to talk to them about it because like we're gonna get into a confrontation." But then that builds up because then the other person is feeling a certain type mm-hmm. of way, and then that's when like the chains kind of break loose because you don't have that one person that's willing to step up and be like, "You know what? You really pissed me off." <laughs> And I'm really upset about what you said. It might have been true. It might have not been true. But like, I just wanted to let you know. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that and you just stay angry, then like, that's it. Like, there's, there, there gets to a point where there's no way to repair it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think it's like, I don't know. If, uh, like, I, I'm someone that like, does not like confrontation at all, which is like part of you know, the friendship breakdown that I was talking about was just me not feeling like brave enough to bring certain things up. I think maybe probably because I was afraid of like the reaction, afraid of like um, what the other person might think, afraid of like hurting anyone's feelings. And um, it's hard to be in a, you can't be in a relationship if you feel that way. It's, it's never going to work if you feel like you can't express yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily on the other person. I mean, that's something I, I realized I had to work through. Because I was like, mm-hmm. if I can't say what's bothering me or hurting me or whatever, then, like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. That's true. And I think it's also, like, how you get past those, like, hard conversations mm-hmm. and, like, those uncomfortable situations. Like, if you are in an argument, 
with, you know, your friends and stuff and you talk through it and work through it, I think it, in the end, it makes your friendship stronger because we've all like had our issues within like our friendship, but we're still here because we were able to like talk through it because we know how important it is to, to keep each other like in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you need both people to do that. So yeah. unlike Jar, I'm like the exact opposite. Like if I'm <laughs> annoyed or if you're doing something that. Yeah. Nancy and I are the same in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a friendship where, you know, I was like, okay, you know what? You've been making me feel very uncomfortable. Every time there's always like an issue, a breakdown issue. I'm like, you know what? This is what I've been noticing. And if the other person doesn't want to implement change into something that's bothering you, like if you say, hey, Nancy, I, you know, I didn't like the way you spoke to me the other day, you know, it's really been upsetting me, then it's my job to change the way that I'm speaking to you if I want to mm-hmm. keep the friendship. Mm-hmm. But if the other person doesn't want to change anything, then you're just going to continue to have these confrontations or you're eventually just not going to want to be around that person. Yeah. And that makes it really hard. Like the episode very specifically that like triggered me. And I was like, wow, that is very real. That is a literal situation I had was at the block party when the, like one little thing made them have a whole blowout. Ooh, yeah. in front yeah. of that like very specifically happened to me. I was like, I can feel the tension yes. from the friends. I can feel <laughs> how that, how all these past things just started like exploding with them. And that's because it's like something happened. You didn't, you didn't, um, how do I want to say this? You didn't implement an action. Like mm-hmm. there, there was a problem. You didn't resolve it. You know, mm-hmm. you, this is how I'm feeling. And didn't, you know, work out. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just turned into like this big bubbling pile of. There, particularly Molly and Issa, there's had like a, it came to like a catalyst or like a a boiling over point where like it got real and they were ready to like put hands on each other. (laughs) That part was like heartbreaking to watch because you're like, wow, like these girls are like sisters and now they're ready to fucking scrap like (laughs) in the middle of the block party over like, just like you were saying, like, just this buildup of just, like, resentments and hurts that, like, no one knew how to address or could address. And, um, yeah, and, and this shit happens. Like, it happens in real life. And, like, I mean, fortunately, that part's never happened for any of us. But we've had our breakdown of communications. And, like, you, you work past it. Like, you both, like you said, you both yeah. have to want to work past it. Like, you both have to want to maintain the friendship. And... There's like a particular like heartbreak that happens when friendships like when you oh, have girl, yeah. It's like painful. Like <laughs> that I think like we don't see a lot of that represented. Mm-hmm. Like media. That's I love this season because it showed like, you know, this is a breakup that has devastating effects. Whereas like, yes, relationship, romantic breakups hurt, but like friendship breakups hurt in a completely different way. Cause like mm-hmm you know, it's like, I don't know, like your chosen family and a different level of intimacy mm-hmm. that you're like, oh my God, like, you don't, you don't want to be friends with me no more. Like, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Like I've had many breakups. Yeah. As you both know, <laughs> but I've had two very close friendships that ended and the pain that I felt from them 
ending is nothing like any breakup I had. And uh, one particular friend I had seen maybe a year later um, after we kind of like faded out mm-hmm. it wasn't like a big explosion fight or anything. Like we just kind of like our lives just grew apart. Really. That's just basically what happened. Our lives just like completely grew apart, but we were so close. And then I had seen her one day when I was out and about. And when I left her, I felt like such sadness. Like I remember I like called Jared and I was like, wow, you know, I didn't realize how hurt I was by this, this, end of this part of my life closing until I saw this person. I was like, wow, you know, I I really miss her. And I'm really sad that that happened, but it had been so long that we Mm -hmm. could just, it would just be so weird. Like we couldn't, we couldn't get it back together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the sad part too, is like, especially um, like the drifting apart. Cause sometimes it's like, the drifting happens because an incident occurs that kind of forces you guys to separate, spend some time apart. And you realize like, then you just start living your lives and they, they just drift further and further apart. And sometimes it's just like time. You just change, you grow. And like, I think those ones are particularly sad because Mm -hmm. like nothing really happened. Like no one's really at fault. It's just like, Mm -hmm. we don't know each other anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's sad too. Yeah. Cause there was, so we've all lost a mutual friend. <laughs> we've lost several mutual friends. <laughs> yeah, we really have. We're like the we're like the three amigos that are left. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I I would say like there was one big one that was all mutual for all of us, just because I feel like after any of those other friendships had kind of ended, like it was still kind of like all of us that were um, still, you know, like the core of the group. But um, that was, I think, like one. But her and I, it was like a breakdown in communication and then nothing ever gets addressed and the friendship just kind of fades off. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other friendship that really had impacted me it was like lost during like high school. But the very ironic part is that that friendship that ended is now family, like it is technically family. Yeah. Um, But I will say like the sad part of that is now that that friendship had technically like it, it deteriorated at one point and then now having them as like a part of our family um because i married into the family it's sad whenever i see her because the only thing that we that kind of connects us is like the past mm-hmm. but what makes me sad is just like the way that i call you guys if i'm like going through something currently like you guys are like my go to like it's just like i'm going through this i'm dealing with it that's a different level of like friendship i feel like so i it makes me sad, like Nancy was saying, like after she saw that person. So whenever I see this person, it makes me sad after because it's just like the only thing that we can truly like connect on is like our past because there's been so many years that have passed that we don't know enough about each other to like be able to connect on a different level the way that we did before. Yes. And it, it is like it, you leave the situation and like, you're sad because you're like gripping to, 
your past with that person, but it's just, it's not the same because you're literally a completely different person from when you were like teenagers to now like adulthood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what the past is like. I don't know, a powerful tool or motivator that can keep you in things longer than you should be in them. And like, I think sometimes too, like that connection to the past can, can bring up a sense of guilt, right? Like you don't want to let go of someone who was so instrumental, especially in your adolescence. You're like, Mm -hmm. and I think also too, because even though the friendships ended, like make clear, like the love never ended. Right. Absolutely. Part that hurts. That's yeah. what hurts. It's like, there's no hate. There's just love. Mm-hmm. Will you still love someone, but you know, like we're maybe not meant to be in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like hard to reconcile that. Mm-hmm. To see that on Insecure was like, damn, because you knew they loved each other. But like just that breakdown of like, you know, communication, them, them both doing different things, like, going separate ways, like growing in separate ways was like, oh, that's why it brought up so much stuff that I was like, oh. It really did. Because I feel like anytime we would text, I'm just like, I'm really having a hard time dealing with this. (laughs) I love you guys. Don't leave me. (laughs) It's like, yo, I feel like, yo, like I legit like the person, like if I've loved you once, I love you forever. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot for me to be like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, yeah. And um, even like you were saying, like high school, like it doesn't matter. I still think about some friendships from high school too that I'm like, damn, that shit hurt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was really like right or die for you. Yeah, you were like, I was invested in this. I was trying to go further. I was trying to be in your wedding. I was trying to be the godmother to your kids. Yeah. It's hard. Also, when you have a friendship with so much history, when you when you part from one another, you have all these links that like you're connected to, whether it's like mutual friends or you know their family at this point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's comfortable because you're especially like our mutual friend, it's like especially like, you know, Nicole, you know, lives far away from us. Mm-hmm. Same city, so it's like, oh, it's, it was always like, you know, Jared, Nancy, and so and so. So when, it, when that was gone, it was like, oh, what happened? Like, what's have you spoken to them? Do you think it's gonna work out? And like, you got their family on social media, <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is yeah. very uncomfortable. Then the guilt just like, this yes, guilt, it, it yes, eats away at you. Yes. And for us in particular, like, it kept us in this unhealthy situation for quite a while. Because we just didn't know how to handle all these links that were connected mm-hmm. to this this friendship. Yeah. And you also don't want to, like, continuously feel like you're hurting someone. Yeah, that too. I yeah. think like, that's what it kind of felt like, too. Like, like there's, there's joy, right, when you're together because you are able to connect and reminisce. Like, there's something, you know, like, people who know you from when you were younger, like, there's, you know, there's always a joy in, like, being like, remember that time? Or, or we've come a long way. Like, you yeah. know, like, someone who knows your struggle and your growth mm-hmm. and what it took to get here. But there's also just something, like, you know, I can tell you don't feel good when we're together anymore. And, like, mm-hmm. that's the That's part. the sad part. Yeah. Really sad. yeah. 
And it goes both ways, you know? You're yeah. Like, or you don't trust me enough to go further than like the surface, yeah. you know, where you just touch on like those surface things like, oh yeah, work is good. And yes. you know, my kids are good. Like, but you won't go deeper than that because you can't. And, and there's hurt there too. And that's like a trust thing. It's like yeah. the, any relationship, friendship, romantic, family, once that level of trust is gone, I feel like that's when really the, the friendship goes. That's when you're just like a friend that's just an acquaintance. Really, like mm-hmm. we have friends that we hang out with, but we're not sitting there saying like, oh, let me tell you what happened <laughs> with me and my fiance. Like, yeah. oh, let me, like, I need your help. I need your advice. There's just friends like, oh, hey, how's work? How's your family? Like, let's, let's mm-hmm. go home. Let's hang out mm-hmm. and just enjoy each other's company to see another human, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be tough too. Yeah. I feel like it's so hard. My sister and I were having this conversation like a few weeks ago, how we find it so hard to find or like make adult friends Mm -hmm. um, and like have friendships. And I, I've always like, I was telling her when we were talking about this, like, I don't, I've, I've never really realized how deep my trust issues go. And it's because of those like, friendships that ended up ending. Um, but it's also too, there's like, I find our friendships so meaningful because we did grow up with each other and we know where we all came from and like our struggles and all of those things. And I find it so hard now as an adult, like I don't want to have to explain that to you. Like, I don't want to have to go into that. I don't want to have to go into like why I have a temper sometimes. Like, I don't want to go into that. Like, <laughs> it's none of your business. But then it's just like, damn, but do you want a friend? So like, maybe it does need to be that business. But I'm just like, no, I already got two best friends. Like, I don't need to go into this with you. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because I feel like we've all made friends via coworkers, mm-hmm. via school or via traveling. And um I mean, certain circumstances, like situations will connect you to someone, right? Like someone in your work environment that just gets the grind and what you're going through and you can like, mm-hmm. play with each other. And then you realize you have interests like outside of work and you're like, oh, this is fun. But then it always gets to a point where you're like, yeah, like this person doesn't really know me. Like, yeah. you know, and like, I don't really know them. And like, how much time am I willing to invest in giving them the full picture of me? You know, and it, and that's hard. Like, it's been um, a few people that I've I've met and connected with, like Jessie, my friend in London, who I went to her wedding, and I met her and study abroad. And like, she's one of those people where like I connected to, and it was just like circumstances that put us together, and we developed a great friendship that's like still carrying on to this day. But there've been other ones that I thought had the potential to be long lasting, but like died as soon as I left the circumstances that have put us together. Mm-hmm. And that too sometimes stings because you're like, we spent this time together in a way that no one will understand from my like regular life in a way, but I can't take you with me. Like they're yeah. just you can't take with you. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Had many friends that are co- that were coworkers, co-workers yeah. and like we hang out all the time and we had so many mutual interests and now I don't talk to any of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I work by myself. I have no other friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally, it's a struggle. Yeah, because, I mean, Travis and I, we both work from home. So 
the only other like adult contact that we get is through like our kids and through our kids playing sports. Um, but I mean, a lot of those like mom friendships are like surface, just like surface acquaintances. You don't like go any deeper. There's only been like one other mom that I've really connected to down here. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like, and, and that's a big deal for me though. Cause like, if I feel like I could trust you like with my kids or like in my home or like anything like that, like then that's like a big deal for me. But yeah, there's only been like one other mom friend that I've made out here that I can like actually call like more than an acquaintance, definitely a friend. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this, since you guys are both like coupled up, you know, married and engaged. Like, do you feel like um, not like it's better that you guys make friends as a pair? Like. You know what I mean? Like, like, are you... Oh, girl, you know I'm psycho. So, yeah, no, my friend here, she's married. She got kids. Like, yeah. Um, like, we yeah. gotta make friends. Not me or you, but we. We gotta make friends? <laughs> um, No, I mean, I don't feel like Travis has to, like, be friends with, with her, or, like, her husband, or, like, anything like that. I mean, it just so happened, like, Travis had coached, like, their daughter and stuff like that. And I just really ended up hitting it off with her and... We've just like stayed in communication. Um, but no, I mean, I, but I'm not going out like trying to make like a single friend and then like bring them back to the house. Like I'm not going there. Like it, it's great that like she's married and stuff. Cause it's just like, it's not like awkward because if I don't know you know you, then it's just like, how can I have you up in my house? Like single around my husband? Like, no, I don't trust nobody that much. <laughs> As someone who's been the single friend. Um, <laughs> I mean, you my bestie, ride or die forever. Girl, bye. Travis is your best friend, too. <laughs> Girl, I ain't talking about Travis. We know I don't want Travis. <laughs> we established that 16 years ago. The day that we met Travis. Yes. <laughs> when Nicole very forcefully staked her claim. She's like, that's mine. We're like, you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> Everybody was like, that's yours, that's yours. You said, you said. No, honorary, honorary Pud, Travis. Shout out to Travis, love you. Um, <laughs> no, but I have been the, you know, the single friend. And I mean, I can kind of attest to what you're saying. <laughs> now that I now that I'm thinking about it. Both psycho. So yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Dad? Well, Dom and I are both antisocial. So <laughs> <laughs> very awkward. So like for us, we're not making couple friends. Definitely not. Like, because <laughs> we don't want to like go on double dates. Like, we will only. Dom and I have both agreed the only like double dates we will ever go on is if Nicole comes up with Travis. Yeah. With our other friend and his boyfriend, we're just yeah. like, yeah. Other than that, we don't want couple friends because they're just like too. Like, I feel like when you go out with another couple, they have to like out couple you. <laughs> and Dom and I are like so anti-lovey-dovey like we love each other like at home we're disgusting but like when we're out we're just like totally like neutral like we're just not then we're like we can't stand all that kinds of stuff yeah when he makes a friend i'm like excited for him but i'm also like no spend time with me like, <laughs> <laughs> and if you love me stay home <laughs> i only have like two days off just spend time with me yeah but when i make a friend which i don't but when i want to hang out with my friends it's i like having my time with like just Jara or you know yeah. with our other friends like 
even today, like I spent all morning with him, but then Jared came over and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm like, all right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that. I feel like I feel the same way. Like I would obviously want to know my partner's friends and like have a rapport with them. Like not necessarily like hang out with them without them being present. Like I don't think that's necessary, but I would like to be friendly with them and like have them obviously be friendly with my friends as well. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I like to believe I'm not a very jealous person, but I think that's a lie. Girl, you just wait. You wait and see. Yeah, no, I think I've determined that that's a lie. So yeah. um, I think I'd definitely be like, who, 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 who's this person? You've never mentioned this person before. Who's this person? How'd you meet that person? Oh, okay. So when are we going to see that person? (laughs) (laughs) They have to go through a screening. Yeah. I feel like that would be me too. Like if Dom just like popped up with a friend, I'd be like, actually, you know what? He has a friend and business partner that he met through his old job, but now they have a business together. And I've never met this person because his friend is a very like reclusive artist. He has like Mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety. It's like to meet people. And I respect that because I I can relate to that. Uh, And one day he was at the house and I wasn't, planning on going to the house but I had like the dog was being crazy and I was like no I'm bringing this dog and I didn't realize the friend was there and Dom like didn't introduce me and I was like um excuse me (laughs) (laughs) this is your friend and business partner are you not going to introduce me he's like no because he's nervous and I was like um I don't know if I'm willing to accept this I mean I looked crazy and I wasn't like beautiful fiance material because the dog was like peeing all over everything and I was very aggravated but I was like very jealous. I was like, um, oh, excuse me. And like, I yeah. need to see if this man is okay. But yeah. like, I've never met him, but like, I've accepted the fact that you guys are friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. I definitely want to meet. Like screenings are good. I think. Yeah. No, I definitely, I want to meet anybody you say mm-hmm. is a close friend, especially like, yeah. A best friend. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, um, sorry y'all. We don't went all the way left let's go back to the <laughs> we'll go back to the show before we take uh our last and final break so um in regards to the season like was there one particular side that you were on or felt like you related to more and if so like why just in terms of like the breakdown of the friendship mm. i feel like i could understand molly a little more like i wasn't on either one side but i can see how molly's own insecurities and her own issues were projected onto mm-hmm. her friend. Like I, I went through like a lot of stuff in my early twenties and my late teens that I projected onto my friends. So I wasn't on her side, but I, I could relate to her. I was like, Oh, I see what you're doing. And I liked that at the end, she like got her, she realized like, Oh damn, I need to get myself some help. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's controversial. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, Molly was being a bitch or whatever. It's like, sometimes you don't know how to handle that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the end, for me, it was just like a complete communication breakdown with both mm-hmm. of them. They were doing things separately. One person's opinion of, like really affected the affected the other girl. Like they were both mirrors to each other. It's like, girl, you are not doing the right thing. And like, you know that that's true and that's upsetting you. Mm. And Molly did that to Issa with her business and the decision she was making with Condola and things like that. And then Issa was, you know, saying like, Molly, you know, you got to chill with their relationship and things like that, which she knew that she was doing too much and that upset her. Mm -hmm. So I feel like communication was the issue the whole time. And that was the villain. Yeah. But for Molly, I was like, you know what, Molly, 
you're upsetting me, but I can understand yeah. what's happening with you. Yeah. You're upsetting yeah. me and my homegirls right now. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? But- yeah, it was definitely, um, I definitely kind of sided with Molly a little bit more. But there was one, no, I remember there was one when you and I were texting at one particular point. Um, and I think what made me take her side more so was when um, Issa had called to kind of like slyly ask for the favor um, with Asian Bay. But it was the way she went about it. And Molly was also like going through her own thing at that time. And she like really didn't even care. Like she was on a mission during that call. And I just feel like as a friend, like I understand, you know, you you needed something at that time, but you also like needed to be there for your friends and like ask her like, you good? You want to like get dinner or something after this? Like, let's really catch up and like talk about things. And maybe she could have like prefaced that question during dinner or something like that. But it's just like, it was her lack of, of caring at that moment that I was just like, yo, Issa, you really don't care like about nobody but yourself right now. Yeah. And it made me mad. So I was like, team Molly. Oh, man. <laughs> yo, that's so funny. Cause I was definitely like, I agree with what you said, Nancy, that they both, like they were both at fault. Like clearly they were both, um, the, the communication broke down on both sides. Um, and I think it's cause like they were both like had a lot going on in their individual lives mm-hmm. that taking precedence over like the friendship. Like, you know, Molly starting to, uh, Molly, like trying to, you know, move up in her job and like getting into this new relationship and like trying to focus on, on that. And then Issa was like focusing on like new career stuff and like finding herself. So they both were kind of like drawn like in separate ways. And I think because they were going separate ways, they, 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 they lost track of like the common ground, which, mm-hmm. was, you know, just, just the genuine love for each other. Um, but I definitely found myself like siding with Issa, like during that, during that, that, um, their, their arguments. And I know like Issa was doing shit too. So I like, I'm not saying like, it's completely on Molly, but I don't know what happened. I was like, Molly girl, you done pissed me off. Like I, um, that same particular instance that you're talking about. And it's so funny what like people are drawn to. Cause like you were, you picked up on like, you know, Molly was stressed and she needed a friend in that moment. And then I was picking up on, I'm your friend and I need help in this moment too. And you flat out refused me. And then you- But that was only after. No, because that was after. No, it was after. Because at first, like, she was just like, oh, you know, like, I'm really going through it. And she was like, oh, yeah, girl, like, whatever, that sucks. Um, So, right. And- it was like at that point that she like picked up on that and she was just like, bitch, you don't even care. Like, I'm not about to help you if you don't even care about my feelings. So I was like, yeah, Molly, don't care about her feelings right now. <laughs> oh, she was being petty in that moment. No, she, she was being that. petty. That's yeah. how I felt. I, I didn't even think about what Nicole saw either. Yeah. I saw what you, what you did in that mm-hmm. moment that Molly was just like, no, nah, I don't want this favor to affect my relationship, but that, how would that affect your relationship at all? All you have to ask yeah. for is a meeting. And I thought that that was also very ridiculous, mm-hmm. but Nicole's right. But again, like, see the villain was communication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I definitely, but though I think so too, because I knew that Molly was gonna take what was going on, I guess, 
either with Issa or what was happening for her personally and bring it into like her romantic relationship as well. Like I was just like, there's no way we're making it out this season. Like just happy. I was like, and it was going so well. I was like, we finally had a fine ass man. Shout out to Asian Bay, Alexander Hodge. Um, And it was like the communication. He was willing to compromise. He was sexy. He was putting it down. He was defending her for his brother. And I was like, I just know you're going to fuck this up for us. Like, I was like, I think that's also why I was frustrated with mommy. Yeah, but then he, like, he defended her and stuff to the brother, but then I feel like he, like, went back after. Like, he was just like, oh, well, you're not over it yet? Like, I'm over it. Like, just get over it. Yeah, I think because he was like... off. But, like, I get it. But see, like, because... Travis and I had like a whole conversation after this because I just feel like our family dynamics, like, no, like you pissed me off. Like you done. Um, you gotta maintain the peace. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what he was like. Like they're in a new relationship and he's like, this is my brother. I'm close to my brother. I want you to get along with my brother. Like imagine if Travis didn't get along with your sister, you'd be like, not pleased about it. Yeah. So that's kind of like putting it nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for him, he's Why? like, wait, you're not gonna ever see my brother? Yeah. Like we're not ever gonna hang out with my brother. Like for, maybe at that point he was like, Okay, well that's that's a bit unacceptable. And also Molly in the situation she had with the brother in, in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. That's where they were like, she went overboard, like in that conversation. And he defended her in that, but she she never apologized yeah. for, you know, taking it too far, you know? Yeah. I just don't think, like, like I don't think she had to apologize for, like, her feelings because, you know, your feelings are valid. No, of course not. But, I mean, you definitely got to draw the line at, like, telling someone's relative to, like, F off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> I lost my temper, maybe. Yeah. You know? I think Nicole's face is like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there. I'm really not, like... I, I'm going to get better one day. But, like, if I'm pissed off, like, I'm pissed off, I'm going to stay pissed off, you're going to know I'm pissed off, your mama going to know I'm pissed off, your daddy going to know, everybody's going to know that I'm pissed off. And you're about to take my side in front of everybody. No, yeah, take you take my side. You you got No, you got to take my side. Yeah, right, wrong, or indifferent, I don't care. Like, you going to take my side. You tell me in the bedroom, like. Yes, literally. The next side, but, like, in front of them, you know, you're taking my fucking side. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm the opposite. Like, I'm going to just keep my keep quiet, keep my composure. That's yeah. the Italian in me. But then as soon as I leave that room or we get in that car, I am cussing everybody out. <laughs> I'm like, no, your mom was a bitch. I didn't <laughs> like the way she talked to me. <laughs> like, you better tell her the next time we see her. But, like, in front, like, I'm just very front, yeah, quiet. Just very like, I'm chill, just like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, you don't, you don't like my purple hair? Like, oh, Mm-hmm. No, I'll be like, fight me then. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Yeah, I would just give you the look. I would just give you that quiet little yeah. side eye and just be like, okay, we go outside. And I want you to know that when I leave the room, like you better address it. Like especially mm-hmm. if, if it's your family, you address yeah. it. Like, and I love that he he did that. But I think yeah, like the I think. And then in the next day, he was like, you know, we're going to do our own thing. Like, I told my mm-hmm. brother, we need some space. And then, I don't, they never tell you how much time has passed in the show, but I assume it was a couple of weeks after. Yeah. 
invited them to I the- think that's where I related to Molly. And then that's where I was just like, yeah, I need to like go for therapy too. Cause like I hold on to, th- like I was Molly. Like I was just like, no, you're not about to talk to nobody until I'm done with this. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I think you yeah. like, it's always on your terms. So I think that that too showed in like the Issa thing too. Like, you know, there's gotta be a little give and take, you know, it can't just be mm-hmm. on one person's um, terms when it comes to like any relationship, friendship, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Compromise. Compromise. So everything. Compromise. Yeah. Communication, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For real. All right. So on that note, we're going to head to break and we'll be right back. And we are back from our last and final break. And now it's time for the roundup. This is the time uh, where we wrap up what we've discussed and maybe even learned from our talk today. And this will also be the space for listener letters and feedback should you all want to write into the show at thebrownstonepodcast at gmail.com. So uh, to wrap it up, I just want to start by asking you guys, like, what do you think are the key pillars to a lasting friendship. Um, We mentioned communication and like compromise, but like what else do you guys think? Trust. Trust. Yeah, same. I think it's the same, the same key pillars that you would find like in your relationship with someone. I think if you want a lasting friendship, like communication and trust would be the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like all of us have shared so many things and they would never go outside of our friendship. But I also feel the friendships that have ended for us that were like important friendships to us, there's things that were said and done like in those friendships that would never kind of go outside of that. I feel like a, like a true friend, even if our friendship was to end at any point, you're not about to go tell like Tom, Dick and Harry all, you know, all the things that like had happened or things that I've like entrusted you with and the same vice versa. Like if you trusted me with something and told me something, I'm not about to go and spread your whole business like out to everyone. I think that's also important. Um, And I think sometimes like when there's some miscommunication, like in a friendship and you stop being friends with someone and then you like, if you go out and say like, Oh, you know, this B and she did this and I can't stand her. And you know what? All of this happened. Like if you go and say that and then for whatever reason you end up being friends with that person again, that person's never going to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like if it's something that like I found out that was like said during our friendship or like a break in our friendship and you went out and said like, if I found out you had said any of those things, I would never be able to trust that person again. So like trust and communication for sure. Yeah. And I'll add, um, for me, like respect, I'm going to add respect and like accountability. Cause I feel like, um, I mean, obviously you, you respect each other. You respect the people that, you know, are in your life. You respect people in general, like no matter whether you know them or not. But I think like sometimes with that level of comfortability, you can take for granted, you know, the respect level and sometimes may do things that the other person's like, all right, bitch, wait a minute now. (laughs) Like, don't get, don't disrespect me. Like still, still remember, like Mm -hmm. I'm still a person, no matter how long or, you know, we've known each other, there still has to be a level of respect when approaching certain things, I think, you know, um, 
and like accountability because you know we had mentioned briefly before that like um we've had moments within our our friendship like individually and as a group where like we weren't always talking or we were going through things and you know in order to mend that like we each had to take accountability for for our part in it and like that's so big sometimes because it's easy to play like the blame game and like obviously it's easy to get defensive because you know, you don't want to feel like you're a horrible person or you did something to hurt Mm -hmm. someone you care about. But, you know, sometimes we hurt people unintentionally and we gotta, we gotta own that, you know? So I think like sometimes you could take that for granted too. Cause you're just like, I've known this person 20 years, like we could do whatever and and they won't care. And like, no, you can't do whatever. (laughs) Yeah. That's really true. Like that. And it's funny, like, taking accountability and responsibility for things is so important even when you don't realize like when all the things were going on in the beginning of Black Lives Matter like I sat and had a real conversation with Jara I was like yo I have so much white guilt for (laughs) probably no reason but I was Mm -hmm. like if I me or my family have ever done anything and like that's something I didn't even maybe I didn't need to take accountability Mm -hmm. for but I felt like it was my duty as my friend for 20 plus years like I need to do this and that's mm-hmm. like that's that's just that's a strong friendship like you need to just always like whether you're not even sure if you hurt that person you're just like I just want to make sure that I didn't yeah. hurt you and I yeah. want to make sure that you know that like I'm here for you and if I need to change something to move forward in life like I want to do that you know yeah yeah and I think like we try to do that for each other like we we'll always like check in or like we'll always like that reassurance that I know like we provide each other's like if you need to talk if you need to just vent if you just need someone to listen like don't be afraid to come to me like and you just like you just want to provide that even though like you know like we all know like you still want to just offer that up just to be like hey just in case like whatever it is I got you like whatever you need I got you you need space I got I give you that too like um yeah and that's and that's hard like especially if you've been friends since you were children, essentially, because you yeah. don't understand that shit. Like you could, you could learn that the hard way, like yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything else that I can think of? I feel like those are very, all very important. Very Bella, important ones. Yeah. Yours. I think you need some sort of commonality. Like it's not as important as the other ones, mm-hmm. but if you have, zero things in common I think that's where you weed out the acquaintances or those surface friendships from like Mm -hmm. a real friendship like obviously we've all grown and changed but we have so many commonalities whether it's something deep like oh you know we have anxiety or insecurities or oh we all love this show or we all Mm -hmm. book or you know something like that like Nicole and I when we talk about organizing and cleaning and like home stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and things like that but I do think that you have to have some sort of commonality yeah I really do yeah and I think too like because we are invested in our friendships like we also look for things that we can share together Mm-hmm. You know, like we may necess- like not necessarily be into the same like genres or the same whatever. Like even before we started this call, Nicole told us about a documentary she's watching, and we were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna check yeah. that out because like it's just another way to like you know continue our our bond and like instill that is like by sharing these things." Yeah, that's true. Putting in 
to the investment that you yeah. committed to. <laughs> yeah, y'all agreeing to do this podcast. Like, <laughs> you know, like that is y'all being, you know, supportive and also being like, let's share an experience together. So, which I'm incredibly grateful for. I'm grateful that the both of you uh, are doing this, honestly. <laughs> You're so happy to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys. <laughs> which I was going to say fun. Like you said commonalities, but I still think fun. Like you, yeah. you, gotta, be, you gotta be able to have fun with your friends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, and then I think the, the last one for me, cause I wrote mine down. Sorry, y'all. Um, I was trying to be prepared this time. Cause both of y'all was like giving me notes and all this stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna be prepared this time. Um, boundaries, because I think we could also take for granted. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I think we could also take for granted, um, that our friends have boundaries cause we feel so close to each other you know, we think like anything's up for grabs and that's not the case. There are just certain things that people that are for them only. And that requires us to be like, okay, you know, like you got it. Like (laughs) I'll be here if you need me when you need me. And when you're done handling that, I'll be here for you. Exactly. Yeah. And if you, if you want to, to bro- like approach that topic with me, you know, I'm here. But if you don't, like, I respect it. Like, we, we mentioned this before, where, like, um, Nancy and I had done, like, a, a mediation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for, yes, we for, have. We've done, children. like, a, a mediation. I don't know if that's the correct term. No, um, it's definitely. Okay. It was legitimately couples counseling slash peer mediation. Yes, <laughs> and Nancy and I have provided that for uh, <laughs> other friends of ours awesome. and um, boundaries had, had come up and um, establishing those or at least like um, acknowledging that they were there. Cause like, you know, it's easy to become a little codependent. It's easy, you know, to think mm-hmm. that you can say absolutely anything to someone and like you can't. And like we had used the example that there were things like for each other that we acknowledged but just didn't bring up. Cause I was like, yeah, that. I understand that that's one for you. And I think you understand this is one for me. And so I'm not going to talk about it unless you want to talk about it. Yeah. But just know that I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like interesting. I also think comfort is, yeah. is a good one. Like, I feel like you definitely need to be comfortable around your friends. Otherwise, is it worth being friends with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you can sit in a room and just be silent with that person, but you're still like, I'm good. Like we're here together. Let's be together. But like, I'm gonna need my space for a second, and we're gonna need to not talk for like a good twenty minutes. But it's not that awkward silence that you're just like, oh my god, I need to go. (laughs) Yeah, I need to say something. You're just like, we're just all on our phones. Like we've done that where we've been been like hotel rooms, just yeah, (laughs) watching television. Like, yeah. when Jared and I traveled, every time we're just like, I'm just going to go lay in my room right now. <laughs> yeah. You, you need anything, hit me up. I'll just be over here real quick. Oh, <laughs> going to dinner at 6. All right, I'll meet you at 5.45. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, like, um, and that only comes with time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I have, like, our friendships are constantly, like, growing and changing and, and developing as, like, we grow and change and develop. And, um. And I'm seeing that in other friendships of mine too, that I'm like, wow, I didn't know I had the capacity for this. Like, that's nice. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm realizing the older, the lack of capacity I have for just like, <coughs> it's so sad. It really is. Yeah, I need to work on that. I'm telling you, like, I'm gonna go to therapy and try and figure this out because. 
I think, yeah. We like, what is going on with you two? <laughs> no, but you know, like two of our friends, I literally lost patience with them. Like we, we me and Jared went out one day and we had like invited them out and they're like, they just, oh my God, they were just so annoying and they completely like disregarded like the invitation and then they got back to us later and I just lost patience. It was like for the first time I'd ever like, and I've been friends with these people like longer than I've been friends with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've known them since I came. And I just legit, I was like, oh, I got no patience for this tomfoolery. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I cannot even acknowledge this. And that was yeah. the first time. And I think Nicole's right, like with age, like I'm just losing patience for stuff. Yeah, it is. Cause it's just like, I have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Not to discount anyone else's time, but it's just like, I, I'm putting, there's certain like levels of importance, like of things in my life. And it's just like, my husband and my kids will like always come first, but like right below that are like my friendships mm-hmm. and like my core friendships. And it's just like, these are friendships that I need like in my life. So I'm always going to like make that time. I'm always going to like respond to that text or make that call because those are things that like I find important. Um, But I just like, I feel like the older I'm getting and, and the more that is coming onto my plate with like just maintaining, you know, my marriage and the, you know, the kids and stuff and our older one being in school, it's just like, I don't have time for your bullshit. Like, like, yeah, I just have like a, yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, I I don't know. Like if you're not a part of my core, like group, you're not going to be at the very like top of the totem pole for like me to like have time for your stuff. It makes me sad, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like it, I agree with what you're with what you're saying. It's like we all have lives. Like mm-hmm. it's more so about like consideration in terms of like the mm-hmm. you know particular instance that you're talking about was just like a lack of consideration for our time. Um, yeah, which is annoying. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's annoying. And um, I think and also too like that kind of comes with time. Like like understanding that as we grow up, that like the relationship dynamics change. They they shift. Like. Like you said, Nicole, like you started a family. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think we all understood, like, that's going to shift the dynamics a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like before, like we were each other's everything because that felt like that was all we had. But like the family grows. And so you have to make space for that. You know, Nancy's engaged. Like she's going to have her own family soon. Like you make mm-hmm. space for that. And um, some friendships can't survive that like yeah it's sad yeah but it's true but i mean fortunately like we've understood that like as time has gone on and like rolled with that and just been like you know i don't know like like there's still space for us within you know whatever else is happening in our life because we make space for each other absolutely yeah it's a conscious decision and it's a conscious effort that you make yes people in your life that you want to ensure in your life yes and i think that's the frustration i'm sorry nance um i'm almost done it's just like when you make space for someone and they take that space for granted as if like they are allowed that space like they like like i know you you'll be here whatever no nancy's like no sir <laughs> like you don't know shit because <laughs> you can get cut off like no. real 
2020 is a brand new year. Nancy, January 2020 is not going to be the same as Nancy 2020 in August. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but, and this, this, I felt this way for a while. I swear, since like I turned 30, like my whole idea on relationships within my life have, have completely changed. Even within like distant members of my family, I feel like to be able to balance everything, like, like Nicole said, like my life is changing as well. You know, I, I started having this very, for me, it was like my first real, real adult relationship mm-hmm. started to change the balance of like my core friends, my family, cause none of my family lives in the same state as me. Mm-hmm. I was so divided that I had to really weed out those unimportant friendships. I mean, that's horrible to say, but it's really true because the ones that I value are so much richer. Mm. And they bring me so much more joy that it's like I could go out and have fun with you or I could just not and wait to hang out with the person or the people that I really want to enjoy my time. Mm -hmm. And that to me, that's I may only see, you know, Jared once a month, you know, Nicole, I get to see maybe once or twice a year. And it's to me, it's so worth it to wait for that because even it's rare that we're even all on you know facetime together and that mm-hmm. is such a treat and so wonderful that i get to see like both of your faces at the same, at the same time, time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it yeah. brings me so much joy and it's like yeah we're all busy but i could we could wait and be patient because when we see each other it's gonna be amazing like i feel mm-hmm. like when we're all reunited in person like we're gonna cry because yeah Nicole, every <laughs> time, like our sign off is like girls trip we, it's coming yeah it's coming. <laughs> every time we tell <laughs> True. I'm just like, yo, get me out of this house. <laughs> Girl, get us out of this place. Yeah. We need out of this country. Nicole, get your passport, please. <laughs> we get I, out. I don't know by who, but we get out. <laughs> I already told Travis. I was like, once this is over, you have the children. I don't know where we going, but we going somewhere. And don't worry, Travis. You did your turn. <laughs> oh my god. But yes, like um just so grateful for the both of you. Like I learn so much from the both of you all the time, like constantly. And I appreciate y'all so much just from like the kicking and like the fun stuff, but also like the listening to like <laughs> my dramatics. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Or even just like accepting my like woo woo text where I'm like, guys, Mercury is in retrograde today. Like, please be careful with your communication. <laughs> and like, you guys don't even like blink an eye. You're just like, thanks, boo. Like, <laughs> no, because like, I do so much. And you're like, yeah, I was aligning my chakras. And I'm just like, yeah, girl, go align them chakras. Like, <laughs> like, that's real love. And like, your friend is just like, all right, like, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> whatever the new thing is now, let's go. Like, we got to <laughs> No, I don't know what I wouldn't be like be here without <laughs> you ladies. Aww. Like I truly wouldn't. Like I'm the most dramatic. <laughs> I've had so many issues and you guys have really like stood by my side even when I'm like, no, leave me alone. I don't want no friends. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, you gotta take this friendship. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you just like the most important people to me. And I'm so thankful for you, ladies. Guys, you know I'm getting my period. Oh, my <laughs> 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 I'm 
Girl, we hugging you. Most emotional out of all of <laughs> by far. Um, yeah, but you guys are family to me. I think that's why it's gone past. <laughs> It's so far deeper than friendship. Like you guys are my sisters. And you guys are absolutely my chosen family. For sure. Um, Same, yeah. So, yeah. Like, Travis already knows. When I say, like, I need my time, I need my girls. Like, you guys are always there, no matter what. Um, Any time of day, no matter what's going on, you guys are just, you're always there. And... I don't know where I would be without you guys for real, for real. Same, yo. Yeah. I love y'all so much. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to do this. <laughs> yo, even though we ended up crying. Uh, yo. <laughs> we going to end this episode right here with all of us wiping away our tears. Thank you guys for listening to The Brownstone with Jared Monique. We'll see you next time. Stay blessed, guys. Bye. <laughs>